Hi everyone, this is Mark, and welcome to another episode of the Mark Hastings Experience. And in this episode, uh, I'm going to be talking about one of my favourite films. Uh, also, uh, one of the favourite films of many. Uh, it's an iconic film. Um, really does um, immortalise um, the 1980s, you could say. Um, it's uh, one of um, many films uh, by one of the most iconic uh, directors of films from the 1980s and um, that director is of course the the great John Hughes and the film that I'm talking about today is of course the 1985 American teen coming of age comedy drama film The Breakfast Club which was written produced and directed by uh, John Hughes um, who you may be familiar with, uh, as I say, he's an iconic director from um, the 1980s and the um, the early the early 90s. Um, he uh, directed um, such films as um, Uncle Book, Home Alone, um, Home Alone 2, Beethoven, Baby's Day Out, Miracle on 34th Street, and well, if he didn't direct. Uh, the, some of these films he he produced them and he was influential in them um but yeah his films um uh including Ferris Bueller's Day Off uh Planes Trains and Automobiles um 16 Candles um as I say Uncle Book these films these films that he directed are considered um weird science are considered to be, you know, some of the best, the best films um, ever made, and they really do um, encapsulate um, a time, uh, which is the 1980s, which continues to this day to be held um, within the heart of many who grew up in the 1980s, who may have been born in the 1970s, um, but who um, or earlier and they, they really came to find themselves in the 1980s um, uh, when uh, those growing up were exposed to in my opinion some of the, the greatest music ever made some of the greatest films ever made um, the 1980s was truly um, a wonderful time for great music uh, television, movies, and we um, are blessed now to be able to go back and watch them um, and listen to all of this great content that was made at such a profound time um, in, for the world. And um, that's why so many people are nostalgic for the 1980s. And it's films like The Breakfast Club that really bring back that nostalgia Um and one thing that um, John Hughes' films were so wonderful at doing was to capture um, a place or a time or um, an experience um, or just, you know, give us a, uh, a fun, a 
fun um, little bit of um, fiction, but really just to invest us in characters who we could identify with uh, for one reason or another. Um, and this film, The Breakfast Club, is one of those films that no matter when you grew up, you can imagine being the characters that um, that we see in the film. And um, the film's characters are um, John Bender, a.k.a. The Criminal, as he's called, who's played by Judd Nelson. Uh, Claire Standish, a.k.a. The Princess, who's played by Molly Ringwald. Andrew Clark, a.k.a. The Athlete, played by Emilio Estevez. Uh, Brian Johnson, a.k.a. The Brain, played by Anthony Michael Hall. Alison Reynolds, a.k.a. The Basket Case, as she's referred to, played by Ali Sheedy. And these five um, teenagers really, uh, as I say, they're reminiscent of everybody's experience at high school. Um, because we all know what it's like to be at high school, um, and we all know that there are that high school is a um, a powder keg, uh, if you will, of um, emotions, feelings, experiences, and you find sometimes you can find yourself pigeonholed. Um, and um it's it's kind of like a roller coaster of emotions for for children and um some feel um some children feel ostracized some uh kids feel um as if they are under a great deal of pressure to perform whether it's by their fellow students or um most likely their their parents and this is what the um, Breakfast Club's really about. It's about these five different students at the fictional Shermer uh, High School, all uh, reporting uh, on the um, on the morning of uh, Saturday, March twenty fourth, nineteen eighty four, for an all day detention. And um, as I say, they're all different. Um, they all come from different um, uh, aspects uh, of um, the school uh, in terms of the students that are in attendance. You know, Claire is very snobbish, uh, but a part of the, the very popular uh, clique of the of the school. Brian is smart. You know, he's in math club and he likes physics and, you know, he's very... Um, uh, but and and they you know the the clubs that he is a, a member of they they're happy in doing what they do um but uh in um in relation to andrew clark who is the the jock on the wrestling team he's more physical um you know that's why he's been brought up to be the best you know by his parents and then you've got john bender who is this very rebellious um, student who um, rebels against authority. Um, 
mainly because of his home life, which he explains. You know, he is has been uh, not only verbally, but psychologically, as well as physically abused by his parents, um, mostly his father, who and his father's abusive to his mother. So, whenever he comes up against um, a figurehead of authority, um, uh, Andrew, uh, sorry, John, John Bender is—he basically, literally, puts his middle finger up and says, "No, you know, you can't talk to me like that. You can't abuse me like that." Um, and then we've got Alison Reynolds, who is more introverted more of an outcast she she doesn't say much um you know her um she has dark hair and it covers her, her face um um a lot and uh she makes these you know very small um subdued sounds rather than you know come you know strung together sentences of words and um yeah, like I said, they've all been gathered in the school library where Vice-Principal uh, Richard Vernon, uh, who is played by Paul Gleason, who is, you could, I guess you could describe him as the antagonist of the the whole film because basically the, the, the film takes place in one setting. It takes place within the school it, the film begins when all of the students, are, all five students, are being dropped off by their parents. Um, and um, then, and it ends exactly uh, in relation to that when their parents are picking them up. After they've had this experience on this, uh, this Saturday. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, Vice Principal Richard Vernon, he is very he he is the because he is the authoritative figure and he's the adult. Um, he there's there's a different individual um, reaction to him. You know, some respect him for who he is. Um, they listen to him. They want to do what he says because he's the authority figure. Whereas John Bender, you know, he has no respect for authority figures because all the authority figures that he's encountered in his life, most importantly his parents, have not done him any good. They've, as I say, they've abused him emotionally, psychologically, physically, and he has a problem with that. And that's why John Bender and uh, Vice Principal uh, Vernon are the two that are uh, loggerheads throughout the film. Um, John Bender is is a is a rebel, um, and uh, he, as I say, he can't respect because um, Vice Principal Vernon he is abusive. He at one point during the film he dresses down. John Bender and says that you you know that he's worthless, you know he's never going to amount to anything. He's this, he's that, and he even um, wants John Bender to hit him so that he can make his life even worse than he is. 
and you can see you know the, the conflict within John um, when you know he if he was another student he probably would hit him but he's an authority figure and he knows that the authority figure has all the power especially in this school and you know John just wants to be himself in fact all of the the students of this breakfast club just want to be themselves but they feel like they have to be someone um that other that the person that other people want them to be most uh, specifically their their parents uh, and that's what it's all about um um and in fact the assignment that vice principal vernon gives to um the five students of this uh breakfast club um during which time he says that they should not talk they should not move from their seats um is that they should all write a thousand word essay uh in which they must describe who they think they are uh, and then he leaves them in the library um and basically he's set up this 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 moment when all of these very different students come to uh have an experience uh between the hours of 7am to 4pm during this this time of detention which would um would go on i would imagine to have a profound effect on who they are and their lives because no matter who they they thought they were who they um perhaps may have been pretending to be or who they have been morphed into um who they've been they've been molded into there are there is someone within them which they want to show but they've been unable to and john bender even though he appears to be the most antagonistic the most um because he's you know the most rebellious the most uh, stubborn even though he seems the most um you know uh the most uh negative of all he's the one that brings out the best in all of them actually he he exposes everybody for their deficiencies um and he really allows them to to show who they are and who they want to be um and vice principal vernon he is he's so nasty in his as i said in his uh, descriptions of uh, of john bender especially who he because um vice principal vernon he when he's describing um the students of um of Sherman high school to uh the the janitor uh carl reed who's played by uh john uh Kapalos, uh, later on in the film, you know, he's talking about authority and he's talking about the kids at this school and he's talking about how he's worried about these, these kids are going to be looking after him in years to come. And 
I suppose that's always the the fear of of people of uh, adults when you look at the the younger generation you see how they are you see that, that they they look as if they they don't take anything seriously you know they because they're being kids and you think they're the next generation oh you know basically god god help us and i think that's a natural uh, a natural inclination of adults to to look at the younger generation and think and to worry about what is going to come whereas you know i think back perhaps i'm sure that the adult generation that came before me used to look at my generation um and used to probably thought wow what's going to happen because there is that sense of worry among adults that you know the kids are going to rule the the kids that are going to take over one day are going to ruin everything um in some way um so yeah he's uh vice principal vernon he he doesn't he even though he's been a teacher for over 20 years um he doesn't really understand kids he, as i say he's a, the authority figure he does what he has to do but he doesn't really spend any time coming to an understanding with teachers he's a bad teacher you could say um you know where there are some teachers who do spend the time to connect with their their pupils their students and find out who they are and bring out the best in them um but yeah john he is a john bender one of the students he is a bully um for the a great part of the uh, of the of the film um he harasses everybody else um, of the Breakfast Club, um, including Claire, Brian, and Andrew. Um, but and it isn't until that John um, explains that he comes from an abusive um, home um, that, and, and when. As I say, Vice Principal Vernon comes in and, of course, blames everything on John Bender. Um, and uh, every time they they speak to one another, uh, he just adds another week of detention on top of all the others that John has um, accumulated. Um, up until the point when uh, he locks him in a storage closet. Vice Principal Vernon locks John Bender in, in a storage closet um, from which he escapes, of course, and then returns to the library. In fact, he crashes through the um, the ceiling back into the library to return to his fellow students. Um, and, yeah, this film, as I say, it, it deals with... It's basically about understanding, coming to an understanding, because even though... Every student goes to the, may go to the same school. It doesn't mean they all understand one another, but they understand the pressures that everybody is under. And to survive high school, um, to put it that way, which it does feel like, as someone who has been through high school, as everyone has been through high school, everybody has a different experience going through high school, but it can feel like survival because... 
um, as I say, you find yourself gravitating to certain people for certain reasons, um, and you 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 look at other groups that uh, maybe at the same school and you don't you feel like you don't understand them. You you wonder why are they the way that they are, but it's because they have something within them that they want to express or they are lacking something perhaps um something that they they want from home but they seek out in others of their own age who they can talk to about certain things um but john you know he's very obstinate rebellious um he smokes marijuana um and he as i say he antagonizes some of the other um the other students but in that in a way he it's uh he brings out something from them that they would not ordinarily um express or even own up to um including you know claire's um experience of peer pressure peer pressure due to her popularity you know, she's come to, because she's one of the most popular children, popular students at the school, she feels like she has to portray a certain image. She has to, you know, wear, her hair has to be done in a certain way. She has to wear makeup. She has to wear, you know, the best clothes. And a lot of kids feel that way. There, there is a great deal of peer pressure where, you know, you, you see other kids wearing uh, the same clothing that all the you know the most the coolest clothing the 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 sneakers that are on fashion the right um um sweater t shirt the brand it's all about brand or the in this day and age it would be mobile phones you know if they made the breakfast club in this day and age, every member of the breakfast club would probably sit in silence for eight hours because every one of them would just have their entire focus diverted to their mobile phones unless their mobile phones were taken away from them of course but um yeah because uh the breakfast club was made at a certain time when there was no such thing as mobile phones this uh gave 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 the filmmakers the opportunity to to show a story when the only way to pass the time between these kids, these students, what if not writing an uh, um, an essay about who they think they are, would be to talk about who they are to other students. And it's, as I say, through this, this uh, back and forth that um, they, they, um, they admit you know that they have they come from households including John who comes from a very abusive household Alison who is a, a compulsive liar who lies that she's lost her virginity for example um but who at the heart dreams of running away from home um Andrew um is comes from a very controlling uh, household of, from a father who wants him to be the best. He expects the best, um, and he's um, you know as a wrestler. 
um, and Brian, we see, has contemplated suicide because of a, a failing grade because he got an F, whereas normally he would be like an A, an A class, A grade student, and that these pressures um, that we see that we uh, hear admitted from these students in the Breakfast Club are very normal and common um, problems of of teenagers whether whether it was back in the 1980s the 90s in the 2000s you know and right now um, there is so much pressure from other other students and from adults from parents Parents put a great deal of strain and pressure on their children to live up to a particular standard. They they put the uh, they put up a high bar and they say you must reach this standard or you basically are are nothing. You are you are not what I expected, and that's a great deal. Not all parents do this, but some of the most obsessive parents, those that really. They care more about their children's future, um, mainly because perhaps they they never had the opportunities that they had when they were younger, and they want to live out their own life again through their their children. But you know, others that just don't understand their kids, they just feel like they should be doing this, they should be doing that, even though they the, those. Their kids may not want to do this, or they may want not want to do that. But it's it's um it's a very uh, tumultuous balancing act, I would guess, between parents and and children. Parents always wanting the best for their kids, but not knowing when they're pushing too hard and not allowing for their kids to uh, find their own. Um, method of self-expression you know some are more internal some kids find it hard to express themselves some are more analytical some are more physical um, some are more rebellious and they show that they're in pain by rebelling and you know this uh, when you hear that Andrew um he he you know he breaks down in tears when he uh explains how much pressure he's on from his from his father um but when Brian you know admits that you know he contemplated suicide because this the pressure on his grades you know obviously his parents had pushed him and said that he has to attain or his teachers had said he has to attain a certain standard and it can push people um you know as i say high school especially is so hard so many children um tragically take their own life because the pressures on from other children um and it's it's so hard because that everybody every child every adult is trying to find themselves no one knows who they truly are you know life is is a journey about of self-discovery most 
and but and but high school is like a hotbed of that where you've got so many other people and because all kids look to other children um for um something or someone to emulate you know a hero um someone to get close to you know uh, there's um there's always someone who stands out at a school who you look to because they are the they are emblematic of who you want to be or and they're able to do something that you want to do you know there's that hero worship always um but some kids they know that they don't reach they can't reach the same level and that can make them very insecure and when they go home to their parents or their guardians um and when they feel like they're being um they're not understood by their parents so much so that they are n- not even they're, they're ignored actually um and that's something that um Alison um admits Alison's parents are neglectful they don't even know she's there most of the time she says um and then um ultimately when they they're all uh talking to one another all of the 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 students confess why they're in detention um Andrew admits that he taped another weaker kids uh butt together using athletic tape because he felt he hadn't uh cut loose on anyone in high school um like his domineering father had um so he wanted to try and um i suppose um look good in his father's eyes but you know because his his father is uh, uh did the same kind of thing brian he left a flare gun in his locker uh which went off accidentally um uh, Vernon, um, the vice principal Vernon, he he found the flare gun, and uh, that's why um, Brian was uh, brought into detention. Alison admitted that she did nothing, um, but yet she just turned up anyway because she had nothing better to do. Claire mentions peer pressure to go along with what her friends wanted to do, um, and. It's in, in fact, Claire says that um, she found herself in detention uh, because uh, she skipped school one day to go shopping. Um, and uh, and then, of course, um, John Bender, as you would expect, he um, was brought in to detention because of pulling, you know, these false alarms, um, you know, to show his rebellious side. Um, but as I say, there there's a great deal of tears and a great deal of emotion, um, that is brought out in the, in the kids throughout the, throughout the film, from, during which they admit their shortcomings, they admit that they, they, they don't know everything, but they, they're trying to figure themselves out, um, even among their own peers, and, it's hard, it, and you know, as, as I say, everyone who's attended high school knows how hard it is to find yourself. You don't, you never find yourself, 
I don't know anybody who is the same as they was as they was back in high school. I mean, maybe in a small part, but you know, as you when you leave high school and you have to find your own your own feet, um, as it were. You know, you you have all these aspirations. You may have all these pressures while you're at high school, but sometimes reality um, is, you know, the reality of the the real world after high school is the true test. And you you find yourself walking down several avenues and coming back on yourself and and figuring out that what you thought you wanted to do is not, in fact what your passion is it's not what you will make going to make you happy um and yeah who knows what the the students of um of Sherma High from the breakfast club would have gone on to do after their after their experience but um suffice it to say that they would um hopefully choose to acknowledge one another which is something that they they talk about actually um that the the breakfast club talk about you know if they were passing each other in in the, the hallway would they acknowledge each other um would they really or would they just stay with whoever they are with if they're they're real friends and um you know uh brian he admits yeah of course i would i wouldn't just not talk to you why would I do that um whereas some of the others might might choose to do that because they're they're stuck in their own this rut of you know staying in their own group and not acknowledging or perhaps looking down upon a group that is different from them and this is something that has been dramatized in nearly every depiction of high school whether it be in the United States or here in um you know the United Kingdom um and it there all of these cliques um they all exist you know you you find yourself as i say gravitating to classmates and other students who sh- you share something with um for one reason or another um and especially if you are in a team or in a band then you you know you find yourself um attending sports games or attending you know um band um um occasions um band performances but you just you stay all together or uh you know if you're um into maths or um art then you you stay together you don't really not not a lot of time do they do they mix um this is a film which shows that you can um a book you know don't judge a book by its cover you know just because someone may look a certain way just because they may act a certain way doesn't mean they are a certain way when uh, the cameras are off them or and all attention is off them you know when they're on their own who are they really you know who do you think you are that is the real that was the question that uh, Vice Principal Vernon asked of the group and at the end of the film in one voice they express uh, who they are um, but during the course of the film Claire and Alison um, um, connect 
uh, by uh, Claire giving Alison a makeover, which uh, immediately sparks, you know, uh, romantic feelings in Andrew. Um, Claire decides to break her uh, so-called pristine, innocent appearance by seeking out John Bender when he returns to the storage closet um, to to kiss John and in fact John he had um, a moment when he was trying to hide from Vice Principal Vernon and he hid underneath one of the desks in the library uh, in front of um, Claire and uh, he um, yeah he had a very intimate um, view of Claire let's say um, but I think there's a spark between all of them in a way um, apart from Brian who is very much happy to just focus on writing the essay um, that they've been asked to write the thousand word essay um, and he you know that he, he would take he takes great joy in doing that Whereas, yeah, as I say, Alison and Andrew and Claire and uh, John, they find themselves gravitating towards one another and trying to, and seeing something in each other, um, which they um, have come to find over the over the course of the of the film, of this this you know this these hours spent in detention with one another, where before they may have seen each other as something. They have begun to realise that there is something, there is a reason why they are the way that they are. And um, a lot of it is due to their the pressures upon them by their parents or their peers. <clears throat> Excuse me, but um, yeah. Um, it, it, but the question always remain, remains between, between them, that whether their relationship between one another will end once the tension ends, once that the school day ends and they go home, um, whether they will acknowledge one another um, and what their future will be, which of course is left open and uh, down to interpretation. And of course, as I say, who is exactly are, as they are, you know, after they leave school, um, you you aren't who you are. You go through a process of finding yourself, of experiencing different things, and over time, we all change. Children, adults, depending on the experiences that we have. And even if they didn't end up in a relationship after this detention, you know, you can definitely... Um, you definitely can could conclude that they would choose to perhaps question who they are, why they do what they do afterwards. And if they did do that, then that would be progress because, um, yeah, it's, it's a brave, a brave uh, kid to choose to um, be their own self rather than be who they are expected to be. You know, as I said, um, to have, to, you know, children of all ages, mostly when they're, they're teenagers, though, can be so cruel to each other. They can judge each other so 
badly uh, just by looking at what they wear, um, who they hang out with, uh, where they've been on holiday, for example. And they're always asking questions. They're always comparing each other. Um, and if they, people, if certain kids don't say the right thing, if they don't share the same opinion or the same outlook or wear the same clothing as someone else, then they can be deemed as being worthless or not as um, as good as someone else. And I, I know that I... I saw that when I was at high school and I, for the most part, I was just, even at a young age, I was like, so that's all that matters. And it happens now with adults, you know, is that all that matters? Because someone wears, has the same, same sneakers as you, wears the same, has the same car as you, whatever, you know, it, is that the most important thing rather than someone having more than an inkling of individuality you know what where you know i've always been struck uh by by the 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 question of why people don't want to be more individual than they than they are why do people some people want to follow the same route um as everybody else you know just um you know, do what everybody else does, um, and say what everybody else says, instead of doing their own thing, and mostly, of course, it's a, it's a team, um, psychology, of course, you, if you're in a team, you are all working for the same, uh, the same ends, the same, they, you all have the same goals, so I can understand that, but those who are not in the team, I think everybody just wants to gravitate to find understanding, to find a group, someone who they can connect with. But I think that that's a good thing. Teamwork's a good thing, and connecting with other people is a very good thing. But you have to leave room for your own personal interests and uh, opinion and individuality. And I know that some people who value the opinions of other people may be afraid to speak um in an you know with an opposite um opinion to them one that is most commonly known um and they they keep their opinions themselves but uh yeah i think the breakfast club is uh, an example of not only an example of great filmmaking great storytelling great acting um but an example of why People of all ages should express themselves, should not feel as pressurised to, you know, be and sub, uh, be subdued, to have their individuality subdued so much so that they, they feel like a clone of another. Um, and it's because it's... Uh, but it, everybody does that, though. Um, you, 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 you find yourself mimicking others... Um, and some continue to do that, whereas some do it for a short amount of time and then they find themselves wanting more, wanting to say more than they would normally be allowed to or do more than they would be allowed to. Um, 
but yeah so towards the end of uh, detention um uh, as i say they the the, the the breakfast club uh asks brian to complete the essay for them as i say in one voice um john returns to the closet um so that vernon thinks that he never left um Brian leaves the essay in the library for Vice Principal Vernon to read after they leave. Um, and then the students leave um, the school um, and part ways. Um, uh, Alison and Andrew kiss before uh, um, they both go into their individual uh, cars and they're picked up by their individual parents uh as does claire and john uh in fact claire gives john one of her diamond uh earrings as a sign you know during the film you know uh i think it's john mentions how you know claire has all these things you know she's wearing all these diamond earrings you know to to show that she has all this money that she had you know she's this she's that and uh, I think Claire giving John this diamond earring is a sign that she's 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 moving on. She's learned something. She's giving him a part of her or something of her. Um, Alison uh, rips Andrew's state championship uh, wrestling patch off his jacket to keep. Uh, she's she's quite a, a kleptomaniac. In fact, Alison is uh, several at several moments during the. During the film, she we see her taking several things, including uh, one of the the padlocks off uh, John's um, uh, school locker. She takes that, so she's a bit of a kleptomaniac. But uh, I think she she took it from um, from Andrew just uh, as a, a souvenir, perhaps. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, yeah. Uh, and then we see uh, Vice Principal Vernon read the essay um, that was written by Brian, um, during which they he explains, um, you know, that they're all judged by Vice Principal Vernon and by uh, authority figures as being, when they look at the some of the students, they're they're deep, they're judged to be either this or that um uh they're given you know put into these these pigeon pigeonholed into these stereotypes um but he then he says that he must be crazy Mount, um vice principal vernon must be crazy if he thinks he really knows who they are um and he says each one of us is a brain an athlete a basket case a princess and a criminal does that answer your question? Um, and then he signs off the essay with sincerely yours, The Breakfast Club. And um, the last image of the film is John uh, Bender um, walking through an empty football field, raising his fist uh, as a sign of defiance, of re rebellion. Um, and um, then the, the, the closing credits roll um uh over which you know we uh 
we hear one of the most iconic songs of the 1980s, um, which of course is uh, Don't You Forget About Me by uh, Simple Minds, which is the, the song that um, plays over the, the opening credits of the film, uh, as well, as I say, over the, the closing credits of the film. And it really does bookend the, uh, the film. And it also encapsulates, in a way, what the story of the film is. You know, basically a message to everybody watching um, Don't You Forget About Me. The, the, basically saying that these characters, the characters in the film, are, are iconic um in in the fact that they are and they're basically saying that we are not who you think we are we are more than we appear and um yeah it's a really profound film when you you come to when you you watch it several times especially when you 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 analyse it in a way when you take every individual character and you see basically that then they're not that they're individual but they're also the same they're going through the same experience at school but they're all responding to that experience in different ways and they're coming to um they're they're coming to their um their way of reacting based upon where they they come from based upon their home life and um you know some are more ref, you know um subdued some more as a physicality popularity um intellectuality you know um but they're they're all just trying to survive <laughs> You know, I've seen that that way. You know that um, you know middle school in 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 the United States is quite tough for some kids, and then high school um, more so. But well, not as more, not more so. But you know, you 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 found yourself, or you're you're trying to find out who you're going to be um, in as you get older. But you you and you gravitate to certain people um, and. I think the Breakfast Club is a great example of of why sometimes you should step out of your comfort zone um, and interact with people who you may not interact with, and try and find some commonality between the between you all. And there is always a commonality. You know, everybody has something in common, especially if you're at school. And the one commonality you have, if you're at school or if you work at the same place is that you go to school at the same place you go to school at the same school you work at the same place which gives you something to uh to to share and something to uh to um have a uh, a common understanding over but of course you you're still individuals and it can take some time um to finally find out who a person is um because um you know you are you're not no one is as they appear some people uh have to put on a on a mask 
um, they have to put on a on a face. They have to um, act in a certain way because that is what is expected of them. And it's only once you get to know someone, you start to peel back the layers of why someone is the way that they are, why they do what they do, um, that you really discover who a person is. And um, yeah, the Breakfast Club is uh, a wonderful um, character study of not only the the five students, um, the you know, the criminal, the princess, the athlete, the brain, the basket case, but also of of adults, uh, authority figures, the way that they see the younger generation, the way that they automatically, some of them automatically judge them to be a certain way because they choose to express themselves in a certain way, um, you know, without first giving them the benefit um, of, uh, of, you know, experience of because uh, yeah people can judge other people very harshly um because and, and in before they know who they really are they can judge someone to be something to be someone but they don't know what's going on inside you know in their heart in their mind nor what they've uh, experienced and becoming who they are showing who they are doing what they do is their their way of surviving what they uh they feel like they are uh unduly subjected to um but uh yeah but yeah so i think i'm gonna leave it there for now uh i just want to end by saying uh that uh the breakfast club is a fantastic film if you haven't seen it in um in a number of years then i would definitely suggest that you you watch it um such a great film and um yeah it uh never gets old it really does bring back a great wave of uh nostalgia um and really brings back to the surface all the memories that everybody has from when they went to uh when they went to high school um but uh yeah and well it's such an iconic film as well even from the the poster you know the poses of the the characters uh as they were photographed by uh, Annie uh, Leibowitz um is just iconic in itself as is the the soundtrack um which uh, simple mind is the the most iconic of uh, of all uh but yeah so I think I'm going to leave it there for now I just want to say thank you for listening uh I hope you like what you heard and I'll touch you again soon If you like what you heard in uh, this episode of uh, the Mark Hastings Experience, um, and if you want to check out some more of my poetry, um, then you uh, you can head over to markthepoet.me, uh, which is my website, and you'll find uh, lots of the poems that I've written over the years. Um, if you want to uh, check out some of my poetry uh, in uh, a book form, uh, you can go to Amazon and you'll find um, all 10 of my books that I've had published. Um, they're all books of poetry, um, uh, books of stories, 
books of uh, memories and uh, experiences um, and there'll be more to come and uh, if you would love to um, contribute uh, to uh, to the podcast then you can do so by heading over to Patreon and searching for Mark the Poet and uh, your uh, your support would be greatly appreciated um, but uh, as I was saying I hope you liked what you heard in this uh, episode um, and I'll talk to you again soon